Hey there, everybody. Jeremy here. We had Dr. James White speak to our church recently. He came through and gave a presentation on the reliability and canon of Scripture. And while he was here, we recorded an in-person interview. That was pretty fun. And we discussed Christian debating. Now, I have to warn you, because it was me who set this up, or it was I who set this up. Hmm. I'll have to ask my wife about that. It's just not very high quality. The, uh, the the audio isn't as good as it could be, especially the first five minutes. So I'm just going to ask that you you bear with me through the first five minutes of the actual interview, and the audio gets better after that. All right, so just hang in there. Also, I want to let you know that this is brought to you by Crest Biblical Resources. Head on over to CrestBiblical.com and get 40% off plus free shipping on orders of over $20 with code DOTHEOLOGY. That is all lowercase, D-O space, theology. Get 40% off and free shipping. I need to let you know that order ends May 31st. Or that ad, promo, whatever you want to call it. It ends on May 31st. So time is running out. Head on over to CrestBiblical.com. Use code DOTHEOLOGY. 40% off, free shipping. On the other side of the music, it's me and Dr. James White. Or is it Dr. James White and I? Uh... Neither Bethel nor Hillsong meet the biblical definition of a true church. Did you know that Jesus was born again? Is his view heretical? If it isn't, then there's no such thing as heresy. It's not just a black and white issue. There's an issue, there's a question of moderation and how damaging and how harmful things are. Not every act of divine revelation is equal in authority. Angelic forces, angelic reinforcement. I mean, it's, it's hard to even respond to that, isn't it? It's mind-numbing, it's blasphemous. When the apostles use the word atonement, they do not depict an angry God. It's cryptic, it's watered down, it has nothing to do with the judicial aspect of the Christian gospel. The most important of all doctrines is that the Bible is the word of God. They have different ideas than you do. You don't have to automatically kick them out of the kingdom. Well, Dr. James White, thanks for joining me to discuss... Christian debating, which you were just saying, is totally valueless and has no place in the Christian life. Or a missionary has told me that a long time ago. <laughs> well, um, as we consider your calendar right now, your schedule of events, you are on your way up to Idaho to engage in a debate on pedo communion, right. and you're debating a friend. Right. Yeah, it'll be... Um, it's not going to be as long as uh, most of my debates. I'm not really even sure how long. I think it may only be like 90 minutes. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, it's in. It's during the day. It's not 7 o'clock at night. Uh, they did just uh, move it to a church because so many people were calling and wanting to come up and see it that they needed to find a bigger place to, mm -hmm. to put it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of room. Uh, there should be a lot of room for that kind of debate uh, where you're engaging within the community, and uh, some of those topics can be uh, very emotional, and some can be much more, you know, a, a debate on textual critical methodology, or things like that. Uh, of course, no one would ever be able to debate eschatology without beginning to throw things. So, <laughs> like that. But, um, uh, yeah, debate used to be a, a standard element of education. In fact, uh, there was a book, Soli Deo Gloria, put out years ago, 
about somewhere in the late 1600s, um, it was standard practice that by your third year in your studies in England that you would be able to debate in Greek. Hmm. Most, most people who teach Greek can't debate in Greek. That's where <laughs> I can't. And I've taught Greek for years. Um, so it has a long history, and it, and it obviously is exceptionally good for clarifying your position, uh, especially when you're uh, forced to answer questions, real questions. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the problems we have with uh, the church today and social media and things like that. We have disagreements. The questions don't ever really get answered. Fashion. Emoting. There's emoting everywhere. Hmm. Emoting all around us. But hmm. it's not the same thing as thinking, and it's not the same thing as answering questions. So it's, uh, it's nothing like what you have in, uh, in politics today. Those aren't debates. Those are fashion shows. They're, they're part of a psychological operation. Really. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, yeah, I wish there were more people doing it. Um, there has been since COVID an explosion in the cottage industry of online debates, but I don't mean the debates where everyone's got their ceiling fan going behind them <laughs> and they're, they're sitting there in their t-shirt, uh, and they're just wiping the, uh, the Cheetos crumbs away as they start in on something that they decided to do 10 minutes ago. That's right. not overly helpful mm -hmm. either, uh, mm -hmm. to be honest with you, but, and they're usually very poorly moderated. Oh, yes, yes. Well, part of that is because it's extremely hard to moderate something like that. So I've heard some online debates. Everybody's screaming at everybody else. Mm -hmm. and you know, it's, you know, it's turned off. So there has been an explosion in that kind of debate, but I'm not sure that's really the kind of debate that uh, over the years you, you want. Uh, I want something to be worthwhile yeah. long after I'm gone. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it, it should be on important subjects. And uh, I'm a real stickler for the time limits. Mm -hmm. um, you bring your own timer usually. Of course. Well, now it's, anyway, I don't know how you can if you've got a f phone in your hand. Good grief. It does have a timer on it. It's even a <laughs> countdown timer. Look at that. Uh, but I used, to, I used to carry these little Radio Shack timers, you know, stick on your refrigerator or something mm -hmm. like that. And I can't tell you how many of those I had to give away to the other guy mm -hmm. uh, because he wasn't prepared and, and he hadn't, uh, see, I grew up doing radio. So in high school, I was working Saturdays noon to six on a local radio station and uh, spinning vinyl records, uh, 33 RPM vinyl records. I know you're too young to understand it. We'll go to my office after and you can see my vinyl collection. Okay. Well, but, but you see, they disappeared for a long time, and now it's yeah, cool that's right. <laughs> uh, this was back when that was all there was. Correct. This was, this was yes. before the first CD ever saw the light of day, mm -hmm. or uh, no one MP3 was just simply two letters and a number. So, mm -hmm. um, but uh, so I, I was used to being live on the air and doing news reports and stuff like that. And, and so, uh, when you're playing music, the music had to end top of the hour because the news was coming on. It was always coming on right at the top of the hour. So you had to know how to use a clock. Mm -hmm. You had to know how to, back, what's called back timing music, mm. where you'd have instrumental music that you'd start before the hour. So it'd be finishing up right at the top mm. of the hour and then you'd fade into it from whatever else you were playing. And there's a little multitasking mm -hmm. involved uh, in, in all of that. But the point was I, I learned how to deal with not only microphones and speaking to lots and lots of people, 
uh, even though I couldn't see them, uh, make a mistake, you'd hear from them. And uh, also the issue of time. Yeah. And most of my uh, opponents will be in p halfway through point three when they run out of time. Mm -hmm. And the audience sees that. That's, that looks like unpreparedness on mm -hmm. their part. And, and if they had a concluding statement, well, they're not going to hear it until the next part. And, yeah. and, and, and so it, it's just, it's amazing uh, that I've discovered that the, the, the best people in the world to debate, if you want an easy to debate, are attorneys. Hmm. Which I would expect that attorneys would be taught cross-examination. Yep. Like they're not. Hmm. Uh, unless, unless you're a trial attorney, you're not taught any of that stuff. And uh, I've only debated one of uh, two attorneys that were actually good as debaters. All the rest of them were just mm. really, really bad. Uh, but it's cross-examination is where, is where the debate takes place. It's everybody's favorite part. Um, At least this is the viewers. the people that I'm debating. It's yeah. not their part. Uh, <laughs> and, and the first few debates I did, I just stumbled into the cross-examination. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea. I, had never, I never took a class on debating. It was... Honestly, in none of the schools I went to, it wasn't even offered, let alone that uh, I ever get a chance to do it. And so uh, it was about, I don't know, six or seven debates into my debating mm -hmm. career that I started realizing, you know, it's, it's when you get to ask questions, uh, you find out whether the other guy's position actually holds together. Mm -hmm. And so that's really where a lot of my focus started turning at that was to cross X and slowing down in my opening statements. Mm. You know, the collegiate type of debating where you're just talking as fast as you possibly can and get as much stuff out of it. You know, that's not, if you're actually wanting to bring the audience along, that's, that's the worst. And you, and you have to trim what you include in that opening statement, which can be so hard because that's your opportunity to make your case. Mm -hmm. You want to fire all guns at the same time. Right, but, it's, but it has to be understandable. Well, if you're not debating for judges who don't care about the coherence of your position. They're just counting the number of facts you present. Mm. That's what collegiate debate is mm. about. If you're not doing that, then you have to make a case. And especially if you're defending, if, if, you're, if you're the person making the positive uh, case, it's very different than when you're on the other side. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, yeah, you, you, need, you need to bring the people along and to have a good closing statement. Things like that. It's it's very helpful, but most people don't aren't trained how to listen to a debate anymore either. So, mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, the temptation now is just get the emotions going. Yep. Get the emotions going. Is the person likable? Uh, exactly. Uh, do they talk about puppies and rainbows mm -hmm. and stuff like that? I don't do any of those things. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, doomed. And that's what makes the debates valuable. Then uh, that's what makes them timeless too. Is you go back right. and you're dealing with content and not personality or fads or whatever. How much? I, I mean, obviously, when you prepare for a debate, your opening statement is not scripted, but probably close to scripted. Depends. Really depends. I've had uh, you know, like if I'm doing a keynote or PowerPoint or something like that, then it's going to be fairly scripted, and you've had to go through it and time it. Stuff like that. You, you know, if you're, if, if you're five minutes away from being able to finish, that's going to look really bad. It's not going to make any sense. Mm -hmm. People don't wonder why you're talking about what you're talking about. So if, if you're doing a debate like that, then that's pretty, that is pretty scripted. But I've done debates, honestly, I've done debates where I read every word of my opening statement. Mm. And I've done debates where I had nothing but the most vague outline in my mind mm. uh, when I did my opening statement and everything in between. So it sort of depends. What about cross X? How much do you 
write out questions ahead of time usually or and how much are just based on their opening statement are you jotting down while you're listening anymore um you know if there's if there's certain you know i had a few questions written out for the molinism debate recently uh but not too many um my opponent had every question uh, for the cross-examination written out. It didn't matter what I said. So mm, yeah. you have to be really careful about that because if you have like uh, the famous Romans 9 debate with Leighton Flowers, everybody could tell that, you know, he's just got his notebook in front of him. Every, every page is laminated mm. and he's just simply going <laughs> through his notebook. And what I'm saying or what my position is really doesn't matter mm. too much. He's, mm. he's just going to do his thing. And are there some people who don't see that? Sure. You know, I can't really worry too much about mm -hmm. that. Um, but yeah, most, most of it does honestly um, come from what has happened during the actual presentations. And hence you want to focus in. I'm sitting there taking notes. Now I'm using the Remarkable 2 uh, tablet hmm. to take notes. That thing works really well. I mean, that's really like as close hmm. to writing on a piece of paper as you can get. Um, before then, I was using the, uh, the pen that actually records the audio at the same time. Oh, wow. Because uh, I was, I always thought, man, man, I, I could actually go back and use that pen to quote what somebody said and nail them on it. And <laughs> I've never used it, so it's like, yeah, whatever. Um, but I'm taking notes, and this is the hard part of debating. You have to be listening. You have to be taking accurate notes at the same time as your page fills up. You're doing a calculation: which of these are the most important? Mm -hmm. How do I order these? Because you don't have five minutes. You, don't, you barely have five seconds. Yeah. Once he gets done, you're up. Mm. And um, that's, that's, the, that's where a lot of people who are really, really good scholars should never debate. Mm. Uh, because there are scholars that are just so far beyond me, it's not even funny. But you put them in that type of situation, and they're going to fumble and mm. stumble and not be able to do anything. And so you have to know whether this is something you're really built to do. You've got to be able to multitask. Mm -hmm. You really do. You're in between two, uh, at least as far as live debates go, I don't know how many online debates you've done recently, but live debates, you're between two intramural debates between fellow Christians. The Molinism debate, I believe, was the last right. in-person one you did. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I think it was. I don't know. <laughs> the uh, upcoming debate with Doug. Right. How does your mindset differ in those types of debates when it is a fellow Christian as opposed to someone like a Bart Ehrman or a Crossan or, or somebody like well, that? Well, uh, Crossan and Ehrman were huge debates. There was a lot of uh, time and money invested in that. I mean, they don't walk in for nothing. And mm. uh, so, uh, you know, I spent months and months uh, in preparation for both of those two, two mm. debates. Uh, and in fact, when I met uh, Dominic, uh, he started telling me a story and I finished the story because it was in his autobiography. And so he realized I had read his autobiography. He was just blown away. He mm. just didn't know what to do with mm. someone who had uh, studied his position that thoroughly. Now, Ehrman could care less. Ehrman, Ehrman, Ehrman is not a happy individual. I'm sorry. Not, not very warm. He doesn't come no, across warm. No, not in the slightest. I, I invited him to come. I did a presentation the day of the debate on his fav the favorite text he likes to throw out that allegedly changed the meaning of the New Testament. He, has no interest in what we have to say, uh, could, could really care less. And in fact, the presentation he made in our 2009 debate was the exact same presentation he had made with Stan Wallace the year before. 
and it still had the same typographical errors in the slides, which he had noted a year earlier. Wow. So he just doesn't, it's just like, he doesn't, it doesn't matter hmm. um, to him. So, so yeah, your preparation is very different. When I debated uh, Dr. Price, um, that was really wild because he is so far out there. Remind me who he is, Dr. Price. Um, he, he, that was the debate we did at the CRI National Conference in Florida in like 2010, I believe. Mm. And he uh, basically doesn't believe Jesus existed. And, but hmm. he, he, he uses really odd, out-of-the-way uh, kinds of scholarship. And so it took, you know, again... Spent hours and hours listening to his lectures and tracking down references. So that's going to be a little bit different uh, than uh, the, all the Muslim debates are going to be different, depending on how many Muslims you're expecting to be in the audience and what the context mm -hmm. is. Obviously, a debate in a mosque is going to be different than uh, uh, the many times I've debated like Shabir Ali and universities and stuff like that. So there's a little bit of a flavor difference to, to each one. And and you can never tell, really, uh, where the audience is going to be like. I mean, uh, I was thinking about a debate with Shabir. At, and where was that? I think it was in Georgia someplace, one of the Georgia universities. And um, a bunch of Unitarians showed up. And so they're on Shabir's side, hmm. even though they claim to be Christians. And they're asking questions during the Q&A. So they've got their thing that they're mm -hmm. doing. And, but it's different than what the Muslims are doing. But it sounds like they're arguing the same <laughs> thing. And it... it, it introduces a, a sort of a strange dynamic to them. Well, you mentioned online debates, and I, I'm very amateur at debating. I've done one in person, two online. Uh, the two online were both through Marlon Wilson's The Gospel Truth Channel, which is getting some traction. He's had Matt Slick and, and Doug Wilson on and some other other people. I've, I've, I've actually criticized um, some of Matt's performances <laughs> in that particular uh, context. And uh, those yeah. can get out of hand. Uh, well, they, yeah, they can get, yeah, they, they, they do get out of hand. But it does seem like that's the direction things are going. You can get a, a broader audience. You don't have to have an audience show up in person. Um, you don't have to have your opponent show up in person. They, they can just both be from the convenience of their own home or whatever. What, what do you think about online debating versus in person debating? Can it be done right? Um, yeah, I mean, I've done um, I've done one. Uh, well, it's technically two, but I only count as one. So yeah, I've, I've there are certain topics that can be done well. I, I think it loses something. I, I think people are willing to behave in certain ways sitting in front of a computer that they wouldn't necessarily in front of an audience. Yes, um, and it does. There does seem to be more of a, a willingness to just lose your mind in that uh, context than, than live context. But yeah, it does seem to be the, the direction of the, of the future. I'm not sure that that's really good because like I said, the vast majority of the debates that I've seen in that type of format, you could tell that the individuals had not spent a whole lot of time, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, in preparing for this. And a lot of the questions that come from the audience and stuff like that just are mm -hmm. less than overly helpful. Yeah. Um, but then again, I've had that happen on all sorts of live <laughs> debates where it's like, really? Why in the world did you just ask that question? I have no idea. Well, there is a major difference uh, when you have a live audience reading the room, getting reactions to certain things. Oh, yeah. I'm very different dynamic. And I really enjoyed my in-person debate much more than the two online debates I had, which 
I'm just alone in my office. It's a very weird it feeling. And, uh, it is. Yeah. I don't, I don't really like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but it, it, travel and, and things yes. like that, there's sometimes no way around it. And really technical uh, types of debates. It's not all that is nearly as important. Right. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I've seen it, but I'm not a, not a huge fan. <laughs> well, what's in your future for debating as far as, uh, Anything on the calendar? Any desires, whether they're more intramural type debates or debates with unbelievers? Well, uh, actually, um, right now, uh, there's all sorts of discussion going on regarding Thomas Aquinas and right. um, Thomism and Reformed stuff. And in fact, I, I just wrote an email last night to a couple of fairly well-known individuals that had written to us. Um, I'm on staff at Grace Bible Theological Seminary, and they'd written to Johnson and wanted to do debate in that area. The problem was they're not reformed. Hmm. And from our perspective, that's our only, our only concern is the incoherence of Thomism with reformed theology. Right. Uh, these guys are Thomists and they're synergists. And so it's sort of like, well, okay, fine. Uh, I suppose there could be a debate there on some issue, but we'd have to debate you on reformed theology mm -hmm, first. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was writing to say, no, nah, no, thanks. Um, but I really think that a big powwow needs to take place amongst Reformed Baptist scholars on, on certain issues regarding those particular subjects. That wouldn't necessarily be a debate. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, right now, I mean, in, in 2019, I don't know, I've forgotten how many debates I did in 2019. It was a lot. And I was sitting there going, man, I'm going to hit 200 uh, here real, real fast. And then COVID hit. And um, done two debates since then. This will, next one will be my third uh, since 2019, since the end of 2019. Hmm. So yeah, that's changed a lot. Um, no question about it. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't see it coming. So some, some other people did, but I, I, I didn't. So. Well, now you have the AO Max uh, right. theater <laughs> studio where you have more flexibility to do some. Yeah. You, you know, we, we could, but we could only put probably 10 people in there if we tried. Uh -huh. It's not, it doesn't, it's not as big as people think it is. In fact, that's the comment everybody makes when they come visit. Oh, so not nearly as big as I thought it was. And uh, when they go to the old studio, uh, that I still use all the time. Uh, oh, this is because it, uh, the old studios probably about the size of this room. Right? Uh -huh. Yeah, about. Um, so, uh, yeah, people, for some reason, the video makes everything look, everyone always thinks I'm taller than I am, too, and I'm not have, <laughs> have any idea what that is. I'm just a little fast specimen. So, um, but uh, the the thing that everybody likes in the AO Max studio is the Flipboard. Yeah, right. Uh, because that is pretty cool. It's a sweet piece of technology. It's a sweet piece of technology, and, and um, uh, every school, you know, I've had, I've had, you know, Grace Bible Theological Seminary said, so what is that thing? Mm -hmm. and where do we get one? And, hmm. and uh, because they recognize, wow, you can really do a lot with that. And, and you can. Hmm. Uh, and especially when we're doing exegesis and getting into the text and textual critical stuff and stuff like that, it's, it's all right there. So that's, yeah. uh, that's a neat way to do it. Well, what advice do you have for this vast array of new debaters now that different channels exist online where people can get involved? What advice would you perhaps even give yourself if you went back 40, well, 40 years? Well, no, question mark? Um, uh, August 1990s. So oh, okay. 32, uh, 32 years ago, uh, this, this August will be 
of the first um, formal debate that we did. Um, it's dangerous. Um, you, uh, you're you going to live with what you said for a long, long time. Mm. Um, all of apologetics is, is dangerous. Uh, knowledge puffs up. And, uh, and the vast majority of apologists um, are, not, are not churchmen. They aren't associated with a church or they're on the road constantly. Mm. Um, this place, that place, et cetera, et cetera. So I've... I have outlasted many, many people in apologetics. I, I can think of, I'm, I'm thinking about one guy right now. Well, he was, he was bright and he had the degrees and everything. And he um, went back to the world. Hmm. He makes no, no profession of faith today whatsoever. Hmm. And uh, this was somebody that I worked with. And once you start, th your mind starts going through those things, you're like, yeah, if... When, when, when I'll have a debate, I'll have young guys come up to me afterwards and they're all excited and they're all revved up and stuff like that. And they'll go, how do I get into apologetics? And I say, if you can do anything else without disobeying God, do it. And they're like, hmm. you know, I just throw all the cold water on them I can. Because if they're really called, I can't, I'm not going to stop them one way or the other. Um, but many people feel called emotionally that they're just... You know, I say, have you talked to your elders? Do they think that you're, you're equipped and, and, and qualified for this, that you have the kind of maturity that you... Because people don't see the years of $400 a month salaries mm -hmm. uh, when you're having kids mm -hmm. and um, doing, uh, doing presentations, announcing you're going to talk about such and so. Nobody shows up. Mm -hmm. you know, you're just... Because nobody knows you mm -hmm. yet. Mm -hmm. they, don't, they don't see all that stuff that, that led to over time, your ability to do these things. And so... Oh, and in mentioning, do your elders approve? Very few Bible colleges and seminaries anymore integrate the local church in such a way where elders become important or even a topic of conversation at all, right. yeah. which is tragic. That's true. And uh, so, so I, I try to warn them off, basically. And it's not that we don't need serious apologists. It's just that, you know, uh, last month... I think uh, two of our deacons at Apologia did a debate with two mm -hmm. Mormons. Right. And, um, you know, they're, they're being trained up within the church. Mm -hmm. And uh, just last night, for example, they were, um, we were live broadcasting from the Easter pageant in Mesa. And uh, I didn't get to watch much, much of it, but my daughter sent me a link to a certain time in the thing. And my son-in-law is sitting there uh, talking to uh, Mormons and uh, I'd really love to see him get involved with hmm. ministry uh, because he's, he's got a great mind. And, and already there are times I'm like, I don't know, you've read more than that than I have. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, Daniel Constantino, who was one of the two guys who did that, that debate. And, and Oscar. And Oscar. Right. Dunlap. Dunlap. Uh -huh. uh, so Daniel was standing right next to my son-in-law. And there they are. They're out, they're out doing it. But, they're, but, you know, Daniel's a deacon in our church. Hmm. And so there's that, that connection. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, then my daughter also sent me a picture of my three granddaughters holding up this, um, I guess we, I didn't even know we had this. It's one of those big um, QR, QR, oh, yeah. QR codes, QR code signs, the gospel for Mormons. And my sweet little granddaughters are holding <laughs> up this, uh, this sign for, for Mormons to scan if they mm. want to get the, the tract. You know, that's, a, that's new. I had never would have thought of stuff like that. But again, it's, it's associated with the church. Yeah. And um, that's, I think, really 
really an important uh, direction to go. So if you're coming naturally, you know, if, you're, if your elders are saying, you know, you seem to have, you know, gifts in this area, that's a whole lot better than calling yourself and then putting elders in a position of having to say, yeah, not really. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, we, we see fist fights in the future. <laughs> Pugnacious is the word. Yeah, that's yeah. a good King James word. Yeah. We'll go with it. Yeah, it's descriptive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, thanks for joining me to talk about debate and really look forward to seeing how the Pado communion discussion turns out. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be good. All right, thanks.